0: It doesn't do the recording in progress anymore, so it probably freaks me out. I'm looking at the screen light. Is it doing it? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome guys. Um, still how many years I've done this podcast and got a clue about technology, but I think I'm just getting old, it's getting to that point. Um, but you guys p- probably have come across Hannah. I would probably say most people at this stage would have come across you, Hannah, from the bros, you know, being backstage. However, I remember you from UK BFF days as being what I am <laughs> So welcome, firstly, to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I've been listening to this podcast since I started in the industry. As soon as I found out about Compaq, before my first show, I was like, podcast gang. And <laughs> I've just been listening to it ever since. So when you asked me to be on, I was like, shut the front door. I'm going to be on Jazz's podcast.
0: Stop it. And it's funny because like, in my head I kept being like, what well, I'm can I like to like do it in person if I can? And then I like, kept going, right? I'm gonna ask her then. Right, I'm gonna ask her then. And it just wasn't happening. And then obviously what I've like, like we we're saying we we're at Corey Mads and whatever. And I was like, right, I'm gonna corner. She's doing a bloody lettuce right now, but I don't care. I'm gonna <laughs> this bitch. I'm gonna get it done. So the first question I wanted to ask you, because I actually don't know, is how long have you been, would you say you've been in the competing world slash space for?
1: So I got into like the gym a long, long time ago, but I kind of fell into the first show. So I just did a diet after a breakup. I did a diet. um, And my friend at the time who ended up being my coach um, was like, let me help you diet because he saw me struggling in the gym. Um, And I dieted from January until July. And he was like look you need an end goal book a photo shoot so I did booked one in for the beginning of August and that was 2018 Mm -hmm. and then on the day of the photo shoot he was like look there's a competition in like three weeks do you want to do it and I was like get out of town I am not a bikini girl and then yeah I got into UK BFF the Kent Classic in 2018 um August bank holiday weekend I went I was a nervous wreck, but as soon as I walked out on stage, absolutely fell in love with it Um, and then prepped uh, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, took 2022 off and now here back in 2023 in practice.
0: If you would have because obviously that was like what three weeks, you had basically three weeks' notice to be like, huh, and you're gonna compete. If you would have planned it further in advance, do you think you would have tapped out? Do you think you would not have done it? Or do
1: you think you still would have done it? I still would have done it. Um because I have I mean you could call it stubbornness or you could call it tunnel vision. It depends whether you're a glass half full or half empty kind of gal. Um But yeah, I'm very like focused and tunnel vision. And when I decide that I'm going to do something, even if it's killing me, I'm still going to do it. So, yeah, I I still would have, very much would have had, and still probably do to to an extent, a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing? Is this a joke? Like, who the hell do I think I am? And there was a little bit of that because people kept on saying to me prior to even booking that show, they were like, surely you're competing. And I was like, no, I'm genuinely not like i'm not good enough for all that so i would have gone ahead with it regardless of what i thought of myself or what anyone else would have saying because i'd said i was going to do it um but i think that's uh i think that's why people should do their secret preps like we do
0: so that rolls on quite nicely to i would, like basically i had this question planned and i was like i can't actually remember the time frame so what would you tell hannah five years ago three yeah. years ago and one year ago. Oh, um, Hannah 2018.
1: Have a bit more confidence. Why is that? Because I did well and I had absolutely no belief in myself whatsoever. So I won my first competition and then we went to the British finals. Um, and the OGs will remember how this all went. So back in the day, you could do one re- regional. And you went to the British finals, and that was it. Um, and you, the only reason you could do another regional would be if you didn't qualify for the British finals. So I did two shows in the first two seasons, um, and I went to the British finals. And I think there was like twenty girls in the class, and it was top six, and I got sixth place. And I was like, "God damn, can't believe that!" So I wish I had more confidence because I was better than I gave myself credit for. Three years ago
0: so
1: 2020 that lockdown I could yeah that is I think we're probably going to get bloody shadow banned for saying that word now um <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, lockdown do you know what I would have said to myself don't fucking prep like as much as it gave me focus and I don't regret prepping through lockdown because I think if I hadn't have prepped through it I probably would have been a little bit lost um I just think maybe I'd be in a better place now health-wise and like muscular development wise because I probably sacrificed quite a lot of muscle that year um from not being able to train but still dieting regardless I probably should have just maintained my food and did the best I could um I don't regret prepping because as I say it gave me focus but yeah probably should have just looked after myself and just had a little bit of a mental health break during lockdown. Mm-hmm.
0: What about a year ago?
1: Uh what would I have told myself a year ago? So I, I took a long off season. This was my first long off season, uh, and it was the best decision. Like I really thoroughly enjoyed taking that time out and really just immersing myself in the training aspect of bodybuilding. Um i probably would have said to myself if i had to really choose something don't be so anal mm-hmm. so post show on my last season i was having like one off plan meal a month um and it was every time sushi and it was because i was like right i can control that i'm not going to get too fat like i love sushi don't get me wrong and i would eat it regardless um. But yeah, just maybe to just be a little bit more relaxed and enjoy life a little bit more. Like I went on some holidays, for example, and I, I still trained on holiday. I still had an Airbnb so that I could make all the food that I needed to make. I still stuck to my macros. So I, I wish I'd probably just relaxed a little bit more and enjoyed life a bit because life is short and I've now been in a prep for six and a bit months. And I think back and think, oh, I probably should have just enjoyed life a bit more during that time.
0: Is that... So the memory that's coming to my head is that December twenty twenty one sort of era as well because I remember Georgia's, Um, and do you know I thought it, I thought you were fucking badass. I was like this girl, she knows what she wants, and she I was just like mad respect for this. That everyone because I think I yeah I was kind of like post show as well, um, and I remember like you getting like your Tupperware and having to deal with that like shitty waiter and all that sort of stuff and I thought god this girl's got some like grit about her because he was just not having it you know there was loads yeah. of like Christmas time and everything like that and I was like this girl sticking to her guns like you know fair play was that the sort of time as well that you were referring to Is just a little bit over
1: yeah so I finished prep in the November and then that was our Christmas girls Christmas party wasn't it um I had mad anxiety about that night. Like it was crazy. Um, Because it's it's twofold, right? So we went for steak. Steak doesn't agree with me. Like I don't digest it well because I never eat red meat. So that was one side of it. And the other side was I wanted to, what I thought was nail my reverse. In hindsight, it meant that I was peeled for three months, which wasn't great. Um, But yeah, like, i could have just relaxed and and like in hindsight probably was a bit shit for georgia that i went to the meal and didn't partake didn't like really relax and enjoy it and wasn't probably wasn't the best friend that i could have been to her that night and to everyone else but that was me yeah, I trying to have control
0: and yeah I don't, I don't think she minded i don't think she minded at all but i i remember like i what i felt bad for was um and it wasn't anyone in particular. I do felt, I felt like you will get, it's weird. Like, you know, when you go into that quote unquote normal situation and you're getting active point, and you're having to explain yourself, I was like, this girl should not have to try and explain herself in a room full of people that should get it. That's where my head, not being totally real with you, that's where it went to. And I was like, oh, just you don't know what's going on with her. Can you just let her just, let her do what she needs to do the same way that we let people do the, what they need to do on prep. Like we don't question it. Whereas like when it comes to post-show... There just seems to sometimes be whether it's you know intentionally or not. It's just you know people's kind of thought process. Like it's kind of like this assumption of like how you should be on post show, and it's like, well, if you're too far one way, you're too strict. If you're too far the other way, then you've lost the fucking plot. So it's like it's very yeah. hard sometimes to kind of go, well, where the fuck do you want me then? Because whatever I'm doing, yeah. you're, you're gonna. Oh, you're
1: wrong. No matter what you do, you're wrong, and. Mm. Um... I very much treated my post show, my reverse as if I was still in a prep. So I literally told myself, you've got another show. And I just acted like I had another show and it did make it a ton easier to, because once you've got no goal for a show, you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Mm. And you you have no reason to not eat the things that you want to eat. And you've got no reason to ignore your hunger hormones and the signaling there. Um, But yeah, like, it's really difficult because it's the time you should be giving back to people, but equally you're so in your head, you're like, I can't do that yet. Like people think shows done diets done. No, like shows done diet continues for like a minimum of eight weeks, really minimum eight weeks. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to eat your chicken and lettuce for eight weeks, but it does mean that you have to be respectful of your macros for that time. Yeah. But I think, yeah, in hindsight, I probably should have just relaxed a little bit more.
0: So you're six months of dieting now then. So when was that? When would you have started? January? Did you start
1: January sort of time? 9th uh, of January was prep day one. Nice.
0: Do you know what, I like, there's something, I don't know what it is, but there's something about New Year's that I get the EVA jeebies so I don't ever have, I don't do a new Year's, new Year's business, I don't even know what it is, I don't start anything, even if it's not meant to be New Year's, I'm like, I can't start until it's a week after the first week of Jan, because I'm like, I don't want to fall into the, like, New Year, New Me shit, so I'm like, right, if I do on the 8th or the 9th, then I'm, yeah. cool. I don't know what it is.
1: I Ross did. just randomly hit me with like the beginning, it was the end of December. And he was like, right, so we'll start prep next week. And I was like, hold on, sir. Back up. You have stolen a week from me and I'm not having it. <laughs> and I didn't do anything different in that week. I still ate all my normal meals and trained exactly the same. Like Love it. I still like had one off-plan meal that week. It was no different. But I was like, don't steal a week from me. You have no rights, sir. <laughs>
0: love it love yeah. it <laughs> yeah. so how long have you been working with two bros slash arnold slash ifbb slash NPC? just in case there's loads of people going i don't know what to do um but yeah, how long have you been working backstage at the shows
1: for now so i started at the beginning of the last season so the first show last year i think was like The 18th of March? Um, And I worked all but two shows. um, Part-time. Including all of the Europeans as well. So it was a lot of shows. Um, And then I worked a couple this year. um, But I said to, like, Kelly and Ian, who run Two Bros, like, I, I can't do it through sort of the arse end of prep, because the recovery, it sounds so stupid, but like, because I'm on stage on my feet all day, and those of you that have competed with two bros will know that there's those three little steps that go up to the stage. Those three steps are wood and metal, and there's no give in them. So it's so, so silly, but like your knees are battered by the end of the day. And in an off season, it was taking me two to three days to recover from being on my feet all day to then actually get a good session out of it um and I train legs three times a week four times a week so it's like the recovery was just lacking and as I got further into prep I was getting more tired there was less food for recovery so I just said to them I'll work the first couple and then I'm out for a bit
0: yeah that's what I end up doing these days with whether it's like judging or tanning or whatever thing like on show days. And I think in the past I kind of <clears throat> I would just like power through it. I'd be like, I'll be fine and I know I can mm. do it, but totally with you. The recovery pee, it's it's not just the physical, it is the mental like having to be on your A game. Like and you during you, know, you can't let anything drop. You just can't. Yeah. yeah it's it definitely it takes so much out of you. Talk to me about, mm. can you remember your first day or yeah first weekend working was there was your shit in it and was there maybe things that you thought would happen or you find out more about like did it live up to the expectation if not what was it what just tell me everything about the first weekend and the reflections
1: from it i sweated so much that day <laughs> pure stress like those people that have competed that are listening, they will know that feeling of standing side stage and thinking, shit, 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 shit. shit. I'm gonna go out here now, and you just get really anxious, and it's like a whirlwind of emotions, right? Like it's excitement, but it's nerves, it's apprehension, it's the unknown, all of those things I felt for the first few shows, walking out onto those steps, onto the stage, because I'm like, I'm standing on the stage in front of everyone all day, um and there was a little bit of like in my head i was like well people that are watching the show whether it's in pictures or videography or they're live there and then or if there's a stream they will have seen me peeled a few months ago and then week by week by week i'm getting fatter um and yeah there was a little bit of that in me that i was like god i'm on i'm on show now for everyone to see mm-hmm. but with regards to like what happened and how it went um I and it's something I still think now I literally thought it the other weekend when I was competing myself um you forget that like you forget how nervous everyone is Mm -hmm. because you're there doing it every single weekend you're like come on you know what you're doing like let's get up there let's go do it And it just becomes fun. And like, I love hyping people at the side of the stage and everything. But then when it came to me doing it, Dean, who's one of the guys that works side stage and backstage, and obviously I've known him for a long time now, he was like, come on, like, you're all good. And I was a wreck. And in that moment, I thought to myself, God, I forgot, because it has been such a long time since I'd been on stage as a a competitor. So I forgot how nervous people get. So there's me like brushing it all off with all these girls and guys side stage that are nervous and me i come on don't be silly we're gonna have a great time but actually when people were saying that to me i was like oh no 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 no, no." like this is horrendous this is awful i can't i can't i can't my next question was going to be
0: do you think the job has helped you get over stage nerves
1: not at all if (laughs) anything it made me worse oh no made me worse because um I think there's this idea, like a few people have said it to me, and I know that people have said it to my face and behind my back, that people think that I did that job to get ahead and to like be more favoured and things like that. It absolutely went against me. Like people think that it was going to do me a favour. No, 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 no. Because whilst the judges are judging you on stage as a competitor, they're seeing me getting fatter every single week on stage. Like the amount of comments I had from judges throughout my off season about not to get bigger or like they saw my legs on stage and they were like, you need to stop training quads. Like there was comments all the time. And every time we had a break and I sat down and eat to eat something, it was you're eating again. Like there was always a comment about something. And that went against me at my show with some of the feedback I had from one of the judges was don't get so fat in your off season because it impacted your look. And like politically speaking, because of everyone thinking that I tried to do it to get ahead, which I absolutely didn't, I was like, yeah, cool. I want to work at shows. That sounds awesome. Yes, I want to meet all the pros. Yeah, of course I do. Um, it actually means that I have to be 10 times better to win the class, to win the overall because if there's any doubt in anyone's mind that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't the, the outright winner, then it'll call the Federation into question. It'll call the judges into question. So actually it goes against me. And I was reminded of that throughout my off-season from the judges.
0: See, that's tough. Like, people, I think, I I understand, not understand, maybe we understand the wrong word, but like, I'm not surprised that people would say, oh, I bet she did it to get ahead or this or that. But mm-hmm. like, generally speaking and I felt this at times I've tried to try and switch off but I do think when they know you on a different level um whether pressure is the right word I don't know but like there is I think that is that there is that unspoken added sense Mm -hmm. of pressure expectation whatever kind of word you want to throw out but like there is that extra level that people don't realise. and I think sometimes when people are saying this stuff, it it come it you know it comes from a place of insecurity, um, but it, it is very true. And like you kind of what you mentioned about um, like gaining weight, like having to gain weight, be in your off season in a space where everyone is tiny, that takes a certain level of resilience. And it's something that I'll be totally honest, I massively struggled with it many of times um you know my 2018 when my post show went to fucking shit I had to go straight back you know you have to kind of just throw yourself yeah. straight into it and like you know I have had times where I'm getting myself really to tan for two bros and I'm like I have a, I have a meltdown I'm like oh my god I can't I can't I can't I can't I've gotten better but it's definitely worth mentioning and kind of like people to acknowledge as well um that it is it is so amazing to work backstage in these shows it's so good but there is you know we're all human and there is that side that people just either erase or they just don't want to hear but what you've said like I can definitely resonate with that on like so many levels and when I didn't place a fitx like there was a massive thing about that that I also like they, they do judge properly I was like well what as, it was just stuff people say it and then when as you as a person during mm-hmm. your off season and during prep you're you're in you know you're listening to all these voices whether it's from a judge or whether it's from a competitor whoever is in that space you're internalizing what they're saying and then you're trying to, okay. Now everyone said all this stuff through off season, now in prep, and now I'm trying to merge it into something that makes sense for me. That's a very yeah. overwhelming thing <laughs> to try and do. Um, yeah, I'm totally there. I'm with like, you.
1: You'll know from this as well, like working at the shows, judging and everything else, you're constantly seeing your competition, whether they're in your season or not, whether you're prepping or not. We know that bikini girls go year on year on year. So if you're seeing a girl, on stage and you're like every time class a came up i was like okay right what have we got here because that's my competition and to see that almost every weekend it was just this constant reminder of oh my god you've got so much work to do so it's like it drives you forward but it equally it's a constant reminder that you're probably not good enough you know 100%
0: because also you're seeing things directly like you're literally there you're not seeing it on social media you're not seeing it through the grateful you're not looking on someone's youtube like you're seeing it literally there um Mm. the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was the headspace that you're in on show day maybe you're just about to go on stage I do think you see I think you see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think do you know what you actually see some of the most rawest forms of people on show day because they're at their mm. they're at their most vulnerable. They're at probably the most fragile. Like you're kind of getting like the I always see it's like you're getting almost like the childlike part of that person on show day. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what like I'm always reminded by people that I'm the last person that they see before they go on stage and the first person they see when they come off um and I always try to make a point of even if I don't know the girl or even if like there's some bad blood between us like it doesn't matter because they need to go on feeling good and they need to come off with celebration so like Are my nip's falling out, right? I'm like, is my arse okay? Like you have all of those moments because they have no one else to ask. Mm -hmm. So it's a really like vulnerable time, like you say. And then if they get the, the win or they get the placing that they want, they come off very emotional, but in a positive way. So they go from uber nervous to like really elated. And then you equally have moments where people come off and they're really disappointed. And sometimes people just need a hug, and the, per- the the people, the person that they're with, can't come backstage. And sometimes they come off, and they just you can see that they're broken, and you just need to give them a cuddle, like they're human at the end of the day. So you do see like a, a whole range of emotions. I think you're talking about the good, bad, and the ugly. I think overall the the women are better at handling it than the men um yeah so i think there were three or four times across the last year where there was physical fights between men either on stage or side stage on stage like come on hun (laughs) literally i remember i was in norway and there was two guys um and they were, they literally barged each other on stage and um, because they were kind of hitting their rear pose and they were like knocking elbows and they didn't feel like they had enough room. And I had to stand there. So their backs are to the judges and I stood so that they were looking at me. And who am I? Like five foot nothing and these big guys. And I literally just went to them, knock it off. And it's like, you are competitors. Like this is, whether or not you're pro or not, you're doing this professionally be professional, yeah. leave your egos at the door. And like sometimes they'll have an argument on stage and they'll literally start calling each other names. Fortunately, the judges can't always hear it. And then they come off, they get the placings that they want and they're all like, oh, mate, love, sorry about that, lad, 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 hug and you're like, whoa, 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 you two were about to have a bus stop two minutes ago. <laughs> so you? yeah, like you see that good and the bad and like the, the, the arrogance and the egos and things like that.
0: Yeah, I think definitely ego is like the big one there. Like the differences between the pros, and um, I can never is, do you know this. Some words in your in your life you can't say Am, amateur, amateurs. Yeah, that one. Do you find um, in terms of like headspace, their attitudes, their ego? Do you find there's m- big differences between like pros and amateurs, or is it between, as I know, different classes or
1: stuff like that? Um, overall, I would say that there isn't a huge difference between pro or amateur. Everyone is there for the love of the sport. Um, Everyone's worked really hard to be there and everyone's quite, quite just in themselves, I guess, like side stage. Um, between classes. Yes. Uh, men's physique are divas, whether you are pro or whether you're amateur divas. Yes. Yes. they are hard work, man um I <laughs> so agree so <laughs> the uh the pros in bodybuilding, so open bodybuilders they are either humble gentlemen or they're arrogant ourselves, yes, and there's that famous saying, isn't there, like don't meet your heroes now, not saying they're my heroes, but Sometimes you meet people and you're like, "Oh shit, I really liked you as an athlete, and now I think you're a bit of a prick." Sorry, I remember what I was like backstage. You were a Bloody dream. Oh, I'm not just saying that we were on here. You were just chill, like well, we were doing videos, we were taking pictures. It, it was just that was actually a really nice day because um, Mel was there as well, wasn't she? Yeah, so it was kind of like I was just hanging around with my friends and then I forgot for a minute that I was working and I was like, shit, I've got to go back to back to the front. I'll see you around there in a minute.
0: I remember when Mel's boobie fell out. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, can you just sit still? She's like, I can't. I was like, well, you obviously can't because your nip's falling out now. She was having to like... <laughs> Next to Ian, I was like, this is just fucking funny. Like, I couldn't help but fucking laugh. But yeah, there's some bits you just black out and i like. like, sometimes you step on stage or you like step on the show that you're like what was I like? I was like, I literally can't remember. Your head just goes blank. Like, yeah. I think I just start talking crap. Like, I think I just start talking like random jokes. I start, start, start talking random jokes to people. And so I start talking shit. And then when it gets quiet, it's a good I good way to be more
1: chatty. Because then I feel more awkward. Mm. <laughs> That's definitely me. I think it's a good way to be. Like, I, I'm not proud of who I am as an athlete, side stage and backstage, because I get so in myself. I get so nervous and so anxious and so stressed. And I try desperately to control it. But it, I mean, Jenny can tell you, like Jenny Hamilton, she was at the show that I was just at, um, and Sanaya. She was at the show I was at the other week, both of them. And they both tell you they were trying to just talk me down from a ledge, side stage. And at one point I said to Jenny, I was like, I feel bad because you're competing too. And you're spending all your time just trying to talk me down from jumping off a cliff. Jenny's a babe. She is a babe. She was a godsend that day. She was lovely. Um, but yeah, like everyone's different. Everyone handles that stress and that pressure and the anxiety differently. Um and I wish I was more like you girls that would just whether your anxiety manifests as just waffle and like pissing about, I'd rather be like that than just sitting there looking like a face like a smacked ass because it's just yeah. so stressful.
0: I would say the Kingsman Classics, the regional, I was definitely in the great space. I'd say Ben Weeder, like, I was still good, but, like, I think, I, I miss Mel, I'm not going to lie. I said to her, don't ever fucking leave me again. And then she left me continuously for the rest of the season. What a dick. Um, but, yeah, I remember, like, Ben Weeder, like, I was still good, but I was, I definitely felt, like, a bit more stressed with that one. Um, and then I found, like, Marnie, and then I was just talking shit to Marnie for the whole, whole time. But, yeah. yeah I think I'm definitely more like an anxious I get nervous but then I'm like for fuck's sake Jess like just have a laugh you spent fucking 200 pissing yeah. entry you're gonna have a good song <laughs> that's where my head goes I'm like
1: uh yeah I can be there before like before the show the other week I was saying to Ross like I just need to enjoy it because I've had shows before where I've come off and I ruined it for myself and everyone around me because I was so stressed about it and I'm so disappointed with the result. And I kept repeating it out loud. I was like, don't be disappointed. Like, you're good, you're good, you're good. Oh. It was horrendous, post show. Like it took him and Grace 12 hours to talk me down from the stress of it all. And I ruined it for everyone around us. And I hated the fact that I did that. So that's what I'm just trying to hold on to for the rest of the season. Whatever that looks like for me, I'm not sure at the moment. But just try and enjoy it for what it is. Like I wish I was more in it for the the enjoyment than I was the competitor in me because being so competitive only leads to disappointment. Mm.
0: I think I've definitely learned this season. Like, I I definitely need a I need that you I've mentioned that twelve hours afterwards. Like, I definitely realized that I need space to like just offload good, bad, rational, irrational, everything. Yeah. I just need a, I need, I need, a safe space just to get it all out. And just no one asked me, no one could put that literally just listen and let me just talk crap for 12 hours. Yeah. And then I can try and piece it together. I've definitely yeah. had that this season, I feel like. and I, mean, I feel like Grace and Ross are like those sort of people. They, they, they come like, obviously I know them, but not to the level that you do, but like they come across as those people where you could have that safe space to kind of like, get it all out and they're like, okay, now come here. Let's 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 go. Yeah.
1: They let me just word vomit everything that I thought and felt and then they rationalized everything. And they were like the probably some of the best people to have around when I was all over the place. Um but I agree with you. Like you just need that space. um and if people don't understand how you process things and they're not the same as you they're probably gonna try and reason with you and and it's like i don't need someone to reason with me yeah i just need to say things i just need to decompress
0: yeah holly davidge is that person for me Mm. like she i feel like she knows me so fucking well now she's like jazz what do you need from me and i'm like she's like cool like it's so nice when you have those people where it's like they just know exactly what you need i think every competitor as well needs different things like some people need like and in like a natural dialogue some people need to kind of be challenged some people don't need to be challenged I think it's hard sometimes when you don't know people very well or you're first kind of starting out to figure out okay who am I as a person like what do I need and also how do I communicate that to my friends because they're really trying but they have put like sometimes the languages are getting like construed like I think me and Joe at the beginning Joe's like a solution person he just wants he just wants to have a solution like I don't need a solution I need you to shut up and I need you to listen yeah
1: (laughs) I (laughs) mean I completely get that. Like when you're talking to someone and you're telling them how you feel, and they're trying to give you a solution for it, you're like I don't, I don't need a solution right now. I just need you to listen. And if you don't want to listen, then that, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But it just means that you're not the person that I need to talk to about this. Yeah. And like if you say that you're unhappy with something, you kind of want someone to be like, "That's okay to be unhappy with it." But some people are fixers, mm-hmm. and then they want to. Make it okay, and you are like, I don't need you to make it okay because you can't.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The next thing I had down here, and this would be interesting because we won't give the same answer because we are not the same person. um What's it like being small? But not saying that in like a what's it like being small? But generally, like, what are the pros and cons? Do you feel you have been on
1: the petite class A side of the spectrum? Yeah, so obviously we are two ends of the spectrum. I think we've got the same problems, but the opposite ones, if that makes sense. So we are the extremes, right? Yeah. So for someone short, you can look quite compact um, and you can put on... So say you and I both put on a kilo of muscle, that would potentially make me look quite dense and thick and big, whereas a kilo of muscle for you isn't going to go very far. Yeah. So as a, a short girl in a, an overall lineup, you have to look exceptional to be able to beat the average heighted girl and same for you. Yeah. And I think, again, the opposite but the same, a tall girl is going to look sometimes overpowering. For example, you've got a fantastic structure across the top of your body like you've got wide shoulders, great clavicles, and your lap kind of comes out really nicely. So it makes you look quite what I say about Phoebe Hagen, for example, it's like amazonial, like it's a strong, powerful structure, you know? Yeah. Thank you
0: <laughs> Whereas
1: Sarah- a short pal, you don't look strong and structured and powerful. And it can be really hard to find that balance. And I think we're both always tall and short fighting to stand up and look competitive against an average-heighted girl.
0: I would definitely say, from my experience with petite, I feel like your overall package has to be spot on. But I feel like with a petite woman, a petite competitor, your overall package has to be fucking perfect. It has Mm. to be Do you know what I mean? I Don't know what it is, whenever I'm looking at lineup, I'm like, if the small, if the more petite girl has got that overall look nailed, hair, jewelry, the whole shebang, it pops. Whereas if something's off, it I just think they just get thrown off completely. And I've seen it quite yeah. I always kind of recall this with um Michaela when she did a post where she was told, I think was it Spain? It was Spain or Portugal. Um, and she was told directly from a judge, look, when you're in this overall lineup, like you have to like you're conditioned, but you need to come in even more conditioned to look not the same, but you know mean to kind of like fair up the same way sort of thing. Um
1: McCain is a great example of someone that wins continuously, but doesn't always get the look in that she deserves in that overall lineup. She often gets left at the side. And that must be mentally really hard because you're going to the biggest shows in Europe and you're winning your class over and over and over again. And then you're not getting moved into the middle in that overall lineup. And it's, I mean, obviously now I know the feedback at the time I didn't, but it's that, what do I have to do to close that 2%? Like, what is it? But it's difficult, right? So say Michaela, which I, I think she has done, is she brought a more conditioned package. And then the feedback from that show was, you need to be fuller and like not as hard. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, what do you want from me?
0: It's so funny, isn't it? I, the more, I think obviously the, the more shows and everything like that, you just, people, everyone seems to be getting too lean. Now you're not, you're too, you're, you're not lean enough. And then it's like, yeah. you just literally feel like you're bouncing like table tennis or what's that, what's that thing that goes? with the ball goes one way
1: oh i know what you mean it counts the time
0: yeah it's like that it's going okay one day nine this way like i feel like loads of people are getting at the moment and i think it's such it's such a frustrating one and it's such a difficult one because like you i generally feel like everyone's like stevie
1: wonder bikini for that exact reason is the most difficult class to get right i don't care what anyone says because Most other classes get peeled. That's your first thing. Get inside out. Bikini, if you get inside out, that's too much. But what people seem to not understand is you have to get inside out and then find the balance to fill up to just soften it just enough. But don't soften your glutes and your hamstrings too much. So you shouldn't have capped or striated shoulders, but you do need to get inside out. To be able to bring the condition in your legs, and then you need enough hair to cover your back so that they can't see how peeled your back is because hormonally that's where women get lean. Yeah. But you you do want to see your rear delts, but <laughs> don't don't pose them too hard because then they'll look too lean and it's like oh my god lads please, you know like it's like where where am I going with this they, they want the tie-in and they want adductor but they don't want too much quad but to pose your adductors and your hamstrings right you do need to turn your feet out a little bit which will show quad and you're like what uh cool where where am i going with this again and you'll (laughs) speak to four judges and three of them will tell you one thing and the other one goes don't listen to them
0: oh mate. Isn't it? it so I can't remember but just loud because it's just it's just bloody body body model one, isn't it?
1: It's isn't a mind.
0: It? So
1: tough, man. It's so tough. And then what people don't talk about is you have to then mentally pick yourself back up from that tear down feedback. Because although it should be constructive and help you push on for your next show, it doesn't always. Sometimes it's just really negative. And that on a mindset, if you want not a strong person and a strong competitor, then that will break you and you'll quit. And like we've just said, you can go from show to show and get wildly different feedback. And if you do quit after having not such good feedback, you could have gone to another show and then it been incredibly positive, but you never know because you quit. Yeah. There it is. Like, And that's how you need those people around you.
0: Yeah, 100%. Because, oh, to be fair, the only thing I find that's ever been consistent with my feedback, and I always think it's fair, is glutes and hamstrings. I always get told that. And I'm like, Do you know what? That's fucking fine because it's going to take me another 15 years to fill out maybe my little toe at this point. But, like, talking about that the feedback thing, is something that I haven't spoken about yet in this podcast, was, like, Portugal, my feedback was I needed to get leaner. In the hamstrings and glutes, and I was like, the girls that placed above me weren't leaning the glutes and hamstrings. Like from the photo, like everything. And I was like, I I was like, my head is blown. I remember saying to Holly that my head is blown. I was like, I don't. I'm, I'm not dumb, but I'm like, my brain's a bit like, okay, I need need a moment. I definitely need a moment. It's so so tough. But yeah, the only thing I think I've ever got consistently is glutes and hamstrings. But yeah, that portrait, I have no idea
1: no clue i think sometimes like you don't need to get your feedback Mm. it's a little bit of a controversial opinion but like unless okay this is me speaking as someone that's worked at a lot of shows not as a competitor if you don't win your class or you're not close to contention for winning your class you probably don't need feedback You probably can just listen to what your coach is saying. If you are winning your class and you're in contention in the overall, then yeah, get your feedback. Ask them what that one, two percent is. Mm. But yeah, if you're coming like fifth or sixth in your open class, your coach can probably tell you what you need to improve. Mm. That's that's gonna suck for some people to hear. And I might sound like a bit of a bitch and I don't mean to be, but I I didn't ask for feedback for years because I was just like, either I was really happy, say say I didn't win, that's fine, but I was really happy with my placing. I didn't need the feedback because I didn't want them to shit on my success. Like I was super happy. So I was just going to take that and run with it. Yeah. You don't always need feedback.
0: I think sometimes it is very obvious what it is. Like it's very obvious. It's very clear what it is. Or as you say, we just don't even want it or need it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's weird. I feel like there's been like stages where feedback, it it wasn't readily available. Then suddenly it it became a bit available and now it's like not available. I don't know. It goes in like swings around us.
1: So something that the judges like, obviously, because I know them quite well now, for for the UK judges that is, um, something that they always say is, if you want your feedback, stick around and ask me after the show like get it fresh um and a lot of the judges that i know quite literally have papers in front of them and they scribble down notes on the competitors as they go um if you send them afterwards obviously they're basing it on a picture of you they're not basing it on the picture of the overall they're just basing it on you and that's where i think some feedback can get a little bit wobbly because say your feedback take you for an example there your feedback was Uh, leaner in the glutes and the hamstrings but then you look at the overall picture and that wasn't really the case for the placings but they may have been looking at you as a standalone athlete and not remembering everyone in the overall lineup and understanding why they're placed in that way whereas if you can it's not always possible but if you can wait until the end of the show and ask the feedback there and then one you look like the same person because you've got all your makeup and everything on still you're going to send them a picture from your Instagram account where you look rough <laughs> for like six weeks pre and post show and then they're like who the hell is this you know like just get that feedback fresh if you want it okay.
0: what do you want people to know more about you that's
1: a very good question uh I've swung it is in. it bad if I don't Pardon? Is it bad if I say I don't? Um. I'm quite a private person. Um, I know like I share a lot on Instagram, but what I actually share isn't really about my personal life. It's quite literally the day-to-day of competing and bodybuilding and training. Um, I don't like nosy people. I don't like this idea that knowledge is power um i quite like being yeah like i'm known as hannah or the girl that hands out the medals at two bros um or the pocket rocket as some people call me but like it's not people don't unless i want you to know me as a person people don't really know me i like that and i quite like it that way
0: i wasn't expecting my answer but i'll hear from him. i love it <laughs> last question is I'm not gonna be like, what's your plans next? Because yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I'm sick of asking that question with people. Um what's been on your mind recently, if you're happy to uh, I've just dropped my bottle, so there we go. Um
1: probably quite like quite a lot of doubt. Um and the feeling of not being good enough. Um, and unquestioning whether i'll ever be good enough whatever good enough looks like i don't even know like if someone said to me okay well what is good enough to you mm. to find that i don't know what that is but i think this is the the thing with competitive bodybuilding or even not competitive just bodybuilding in general like you're always moving the goalposts like nothing is ever enough mm. um and yeah like I have very little confidence about myself, like, I'm a joker, fine, like, oh, whatever. But when it comes to, I think that's why I'm such a nervous rate, rep side stage, because when it comes to it, I actually don't really have a lot of self-belief or confidence. Um, that's why I use comedy and sarcasm as a, <laughs> a get-out clause.
0: I think there's a lot of power in that, though, like, acknowledging and having that vulnerability like a lot of people I don't think are are in or can be in that headspace they will just like shut down they won't even like acknowledge what you've just said so I think there's a lot of
1: like power in that thank you it's hard isn't it because like you you want to be confident and you put so much work into yourself both physically and mentally and like you say like you have to be quite resilient in this sport but Equally, it's so hard to find that sometimes. Like you're constantly, whether it's on Instagram, at shows, like in the gym, being around friends, because we're all friends with each other in this world now, because we all have things in common and we all understand each other's mindsets to an extent. But you're constantly being surrounded by your competition, your peers, and it can be quite hard, especially like you see a friend that you put on a pedestal and you rate their physique so highly and then they don't get Anywhere close to the reward that you expect them to. And you're like, shit, if they're a 12 out of 10, I'm a 2 out of 10. I don't stand a chance. You know? I you it's hard, man. <laughs>
0: I want to give you a hug, man.
1: It's just, yes, yeah, it's, but it's really it's a battle constantly between appreciating the hard work that you put in and I'm still here, I'm just like, I'm yeah, no, I'm just trying to find my words. Like, my Mac was gonna die between like having that confidence, and then also just trying to believe in yourself. I guess
0: I see you very much as like what drives you is the experience and being able to look back on it. Mm. I see that's what, from what I can see, and obviously. Like I know you but not to like the level maybe like you're Ross or Grace or whatever else but like I've always seen you're someone that's like you're a very experience driven person like you want the experience itself and like you you are able you do like being able to look back on things and you like to time something like I did that that was a memory that was really fucking cool it taught me something and then you kind of like go okay cool and then do you know what I mean that's the
1: way i see yeah it. i like um I'm, I'm a bit of a tick boxer so i set like you're talking about resolutions and things um i don't set a resolution but i do set things that i want to do throughout the year i'm there about everything in life it could be career based it could just be something that i want to do for the experience and the memory it could be com- competition basic anything anything at all um but I like being able to tick it off and getting that sense of achievement and being able to quite literally look back and go, I did that. That was me. Um, So I think, yeah, there's a real sense of achievement in that. And I think people that can't find that sense of achievement, that must be quite hard on you mentally to then never feel like you've achieved it. You've never been successful. I think that's really important.
0: Mm. You should write down all the stuff that you've achieved in the past year. I think you surprised yourself.
1: I did that recently with um, in work. So I had a a mentor that I was working with for about six months. And when I started with her, she was like, I kept on saying, oh, I'm, I'm shit at my job, I'm shit at my job. And she was like, well, if you were shit at your job, you would have been sacked. So she was like, tell me things that were a problem when you started doing your job. And now tell me things that, of those things, what's no longer a problem and why that is. And it did, it really helped. And and I try and think of things like that now, like instead of just going, oh, it's all a mess. I look back and think, okay, six months ago, what wasn't working? And now comparatively, what is working? And did I have a, a part to play in making that change? And mm-hmm. I think that's a healthy way to look at it.
0: I think the Hannah that I've like seen over the years has definitely been one of like a transformative one. Like that's yeah. what I see it. Uh, yeah, that's what I see anyway, and especially from I say I didn't know you very well, but that I could see the hair space that you were in at George's, and to see from where you are now and you're in prep, like you're you're not the same Hannah. Mm. I think um in a good way. Like I mean, you know, yeah. you've evolved, you've hundred percent have evolved.
1: This prep that I've done now has been the easiest prep I've ever done. And that I think helps with mindset and being able to relax a little bit more. Um, And it's probably a combination of things that have led to that. But like Ross has been an absolute dream and he has made it a lot more mentally manageable um, than I've had in previous preps. So I think that goes a long way to it and trying to manage stress. Like I know I said, I'm a stress head side stage, but just in general life, Like, I have this little saying, if it's not going to matter in five years, don't worry about it for more than five minutes. Mm. And if I start to worry about something, I take a step back and I'm like, am I even going to remember this in five years? Absolutely not. Don't worry about it. And it's such a small thing. Like, I'm not really one for sayings and stuff, but that does pull me back down to earth a little bit.
0: I love that. I think we'll end it there. That was sick.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed that.
0: Do I? Right. It's so good when someone has a podcast of their own because it's like it's you. So good at it sounds so silly. You're like you're good at talking. You're, like, you're able to just like open up without like much. So I've actually learned. I feel like I've learned a lot about you today as well.
1: Hopefully not too much because I'm meant to be a secret squirrel
0: you well, are always a secret school but like it's I feel it's the nice it's like so no it's I've learned I feel like I've learned a lot about like headspace and it's nice when like we're both in the same space in terms of like on oh, the two bro show day but it's like you see certain things and like I see certain yeah. things. oh I always kind of peek over and go like oh what are they doing now oh what they're seeing so no thank yeah. you so much for coming on babe that's been an absolute pleasure
1: thank you for having me on it's been a, a delight Welcome.
0: but i will leave hannah's instagram for you all to follow for the journey and please let us know that you have enjoyed this episode i say hannah you've been an absolute babe so legend so much and i can't remember how to end this thing so there we go Bye. <laughs> right.